everyone, and welcome back to the Girl.gov podcast. I am your host, Rachel, and today I'm speaking with Samantha Tredilius, the founder of the Sparkle Foundation, whose mission is to enhance the lives of women and children through gifts, goods, enrichment, and resources. They focus on women because they never ask, children because they are victims of circumstance, and people because they want them to live a life of purpose. Samantha talks to me about why she's passionate about helping single moms, why she started the foundation, and some of the events that they have throughout the year. So we're really excited for you to listen. And with that being said, let's get into the episode. Samantha, thank you so much for being here today. I would love to hear a little bit about yourself and more about the Sparkle Foundation. Yes, good morning, and thank you, Rachel, for having me. My name is Samantha Tredelius, and I am the executive director and founder of the Sparkle Foundation, which is one of three jobs that I have. <laughs> I've spent about 20 plus years in risk management, which has been my, my day job, so to speak, for quite a long time. I am a mom to two little crazy monkeys. And in my quote unquote spare time, I have a nonprofit here, the Sparkle Foundation, which is designed to help single moms and their children in a couple different capacities, which we'll discuss today. What exactly is Sparkle's mission? So our mission is that every single mom has a sparkle in her eye. And the whole concept of Sparkle came about, about, well, now it'll be 17 years for me. Um, as a young woman in my 20s, I wanted to make a difference and do good. And I started kind of researching charities and really quickly realized that charities that were advertising a lot of good were necessarily not allocating those dollars always in the way that, you know, was perceived. Mm-hmm. And so as a young woman, I didn't have a lot of money, but I knew that I wanted to do something great. So I, you know, started kind of poking around and seeing a way that I could be impactful. And I started off uh, gifting children gifts at Christmas time. And I would work through the post office, had a program called the Dear Santa program, mm-hmm. which they shut down. And I think they brought back, but um, the first couple years I would go down to the post office. I lived in LA at the time and I'd go to their major hub in Valencia and they would have these barrels of letters that the kids would write to Santa and they would break them out into areas of need. And so you could sit in this room and read these letters from these kids that literally would want things like food and socks and diapers for their baby brother. And I would always tend to gravitate towards these single mom, you know, no dad. It was very apparent that there was no father figure for these kids mm-hmm. and picked one or two the first year. And then it kind of snowballed. And I believe in 2015, it was, I had 35 families. I had raised $17,000 to provide Christmas for these families. And we would find what these moms would want and we would go out and buy it. And, you know, somebody had said to me like, Hey, why don't you start a nonprofit? And I was like, I heard it before. And I thought, "Hmm, well, I don't really need another job. Like I've got a day job and a (laughs) full-time mom job and I'm busy. And the more I thought about it, I was like, you know, if I could help more people and it would make us, you know, more legit or be able to have a bigger reach, then maybe it was worth it. So I started to really think about what it was that we were doing. And you would ask the question of our mission and what is Sparkle? You know, when you hand off items to a child or a mom, there's this look in their eye and there's this feeling you get inside at the same time. 
And so I was actually sitting there once I decided I was going to do this. I was like, well, what would I call it? And I was sitting at my kitchen table and I just had a, an event and had the sequin sparkly tablecloth. And I was like, it's a sparkle. That's what it is. And so I threw the name out uh, with the secretary of state and with the you know IRS and all that stuff, got it and it wasn't taken. So I got it approved and the rest is history and Sparkle was born. So that's like the, the quickie little story about you know where, where we came from and where we've now gone and where we're going. Mm-hmm. And I do think the post office did bring back that program. I feel like I, I heard it last year, right before Christmas. But besides that, you know, personal experience, were there other like motivating factors that made you choose specifically single women and their children? Totally. So I didn't realize that at the time, you know, in my young twenties, why I would always gravitate towards these single moms. But my father was raised by my grandmother, who was my biggest inspiration in life. And she was a single mom in the fifties. And she had three kids and she was all alone working literally three jobs to feed these kids and never asked for help and never complained and just did it. So as growing up, I'd always hear these stories about Gigi and her life. And I was like, wow, you know, like this is incredible that this woman was able to do this in the fifties when like divorce was not acceptable. And now you're a divorced woman with three children, like good luck girl. And so it was like the subconscious thing when I was able to find a a directive and find a way to, you know, have a North star, so to speak, it was like, those are the women I want to help because they don't ask for help. And it was an easy community to serve because they were so underserved. And so when we started to pick families and even now, I mean, single moms, it's an underserved community all across the board and, and it affects everybody. You either know one, you are one, your mom was one, your sister's one. And so everybody can kind of relate to this, this category, if you will. And so, yeah, Gigi, right before she passed away, I remember, cause I never really told her story and how this had all come to be because it was personal and it was not a family fun time, you know? Mm-hmm. And when I, right before she passed away, I remember having a conversation with her and she said, you know, Samantha, you need to tell my story because there are so many women like me that will never have the ability to have someone like you be able to do what you guys do. And so please share the story and, and know that there are resources like you guys that can help people. Mm-hmm. So that is what we do. We, we share her legacy every day. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with what you say. Of if you aren't a single mother yourself, or if your mom wasn't or grandma or anyone in your family, you at least know someone who is. We'll tackle that question a little bit later, but I can completely see the stigma behind women asking for help and why they might feel like they can't. And before we kind of get into that, is is the Sparkle Foundation specifically for single mothers? What's what's the demographic like? Yes, we focus solely on single mothers. Mm-hmm. And we get a lot of, you know, inquiries about, well, what about the single dads? And what about, you know, <laughs> and you really, one of the things about having a nonprofit is you want to help everybody, but you really need to keep your focus focused. Mm-hmm. And so that is one thing the board and I really stand behind is, making sure that our, our mission and our vision are, are in alignment all the time. But yeah, we're, we're primarily uh, focused on single moms and we've, we've talked about expanding it in other areas, but we really feel like that's just the community that we can really be, you know, most impactful for. So that's mm-hmm. really where we want to spend our, our time and our resources. Totally makes sense. And the question that I really want to kind of get into is why you really think that women are less likely to ask for help and how can we kind of change that so women can get help in the resources that they need without that stigma or the stereotype attached to them? 
That's a great question, girl. Well, we are women, right? And we don't like to ask for help because we feel we can do it all. And asking for help a lot of times, and I, I could speak, you know, personally, it's like a, a sign of failure almost like, oh, well, I can't do all this stuff. So maybe I'm just, I, I'm not good at it, or I, I'm failing in all these different areas. And women just, they don't ask. And so historically, what I have found is, you know, in this sector, it, there's a different dynamic. And there's people that sometimes operate on services, and that's their lifestyle. And then there's women that get themselves into situations and need help. And that is where we really are impactful because we're not going to be able to change your lifestyle based off of what we do. I mean, we're like a one-time fusion of good services or mentoring, et cetera. And so we really take those women that would not be necessarily lifestyle choices that really just need that situational assistance. And those women don't ask for help. You know, I could tell you so many times, I know so many women that when we bring in gifts, they're just completely taken back because they're like, you know, they know they need the help, but they never ask for the help because it's a shameful thing. And how do we get women away from that? I don't know. I think it's more of letting women know there are women like us that are here to help you and not judge you. And, you know, we don't ask for anything in return. We really just want to have you have a, a sparkle in your eye or a smile on your face or be able to celebrate Christmas or have a Christmas meal or, you know, send your kid to baseball or have them have a new backpack for school. I mean, whatever it is that we're doing, there really isn't any strings attached. It's just, we're here to let them know that we're here to help. And I don't know other than getting the word out and just being that, uh, you know, service that's there is basically all I can think of, of a way to, to help the stigma, but I don't know. I mean, it's, it's something that's been there forever. And, you know, I, I really hope that women as time goes on, feel more comfortable asking because there are people that are there to help you. Mm -hmm. And do you think, I mean, kind of just an idea, like if you are someone who knows a single mother or, you know, who, you know, someone who's struggling, do you feel that instead of asking someone if they need help, kind of just like extending the hand and kind of just providing those resources to them might help a little bit of that stigma or might help like the awkwardness of having to ask for help. You know, if I had a friend who was single and had a child and like what you said, getting them into baseball or something like that, like what's that conversation like for someone who knows someone who's struggling or needs help and they know that that person is most likely not going to ask for help? Well, it's a great question. And it's actually interesting you bring it up. So when we have our holiday gift drive nominations, because what we do every year is we go out to the community and say, okay, guys, tell us who and how we can help. Mm -hmm. What we were finding was a lot of times the nominations of people nominating themselves were the ones that we were not going forward with because they were, I need help. Okay, mm -hmm. that's great. But there's also somebody else that needs help and why, you know, we can only help so many. So we needed to have a little bit more of a, a broader stroke here of like why and, and how we could be efficient. Mm -hmm. So what we did is we changed our nominations platform to only accept nominations of others. Okay. And so now the families that we see are women that are nominated by other women. Mm -hmm. They're nominated by their family. Sometimes you'll see a kid nominate their mom, which is mm. gnarly. Um, and it, those are always the ones where we're like, yep. Definitely. <laughs> um, you see teachers nominating children. Um, part of our other program is enrichment. So we not only provide the Christmas and the holiday time, but we also provide enrichment scholarships year round. And that's for sports, extracurriculars, tutoring, camps, 
you know, all the above. And a lot of times we'll have the dance studios reach out to us um, mm -hmm. and we make ourselves available to them. So like, hey, if someone comes to you and can't afford classes that fits in this bracket of being a single mom, please send them our way or mm -hmm. nominate them. And then we can vote and see if we can help. So that's the other thing too. Every family that comes through, we as a board of seven women, we vote. It's majority rules, uh, but most of the time we're all in alignment and we vote on every single one of them. And you know, if it's a family that we can be impactful for and make a difference for these kids and these moms. Right. And what, what does it mean to nominate either a single mother or a child and how, what makes them eligible? What is that process like? This is a process that's always growing, right? Before it was just like, tell us a story. And then we had to get a little bit more in depth because at Christmas, I mean, we would see two, 300 applications come in and you're like, whoa, how am I supposed to narrow this pool down? So essentially when you nominate someone, it's a, it's a, on our website and it's questions. It's who are you? You know, what's, what's your relationship with this family? Why is this family special? What is something that could really be an impactful, like, you know, we're not going to buy you a car or a house, but like, what would be something that would be really incredible for this family? I mean, one year we had a kid who was really into music and recording. And so I, I don't remember if we ended up getting the studio time, but you know, we, we've been able to do like get them recording equipment or do really cool things and really, you know, make it so these can be more of experiences that they would never be able to get, but we're able to get them for them and make it special. The other thing that's great about our organization, I feel, and one of our major bullet points is that we only help you once. Mm -hmm. So it allows us to help other people because again, we're not here to serve a lifestyle, right? We're here to serve a situation. And we do see a lot of repeat applications come in and we decline them every year because if I've taken on this family, then next year I want to be able to take on another family. We're not mm -hmm. here to just continually support the same families over and over again. Mm -hmm. And so that's another question. And that's something that's, you know, we'll kick an application out immediately as if we've helped you before. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that's the whole thing of like providing those resources that way people can make those transitions into new lifestyles. Cause I, I do agree. I think it's, it's a lot more rewarding and fulfilling providing resources than just giving someone something and then having them come back for that and not being able to kind of take those resources and run with them. But I know that you guys have three chapters within California. I have two questions. Do the nominations, do those people have to be within those three chapters? And does the Sparkle Foundation plan on expanding these areas? Great question. Um, we actually just added another chapter. We added Inland Empire. So now we're uh, in San Bernardino County as well and Riverside area. So basically when it comes to the different areas and nominations and the areas that we help. So the Bay Area, we kind of handle everything from San Jose to Sonoma and the East Bay all the way to Sacramento. Mm -hmm. And then we have LA, which is Ventura County and LA County. And then we've got uh, the Riverside and Sacramento Riverside Bay Area. There we go. We got four. But when it comes to Christmas, it's important for us to kind of fall within 50 miles of our bases. So what we do is we we find these families that we're helping. We get to know them. We find out what they need. We wrap and then we go deliver them in person to the families. So it's important mm -hmm. for us to be able to be able to drive to these areas because what we have done in the past has been outside of those driving areas. And then we're shipping and mm -hmm. we're spending hundreds of thousands of dollars to ship gifts. And it's right. like, wait a second, 
those are dollars we could have spent to help a family. And now I'm spending $600 to ship to Georgia. Nope, mm-hmm. that's not what we're here for. So we need to have those boots on the ground. Enrichment scholarships, we have done those all over California. Mm-hmm. Um, and so those were not limiting to the specific areas. And as far as expansion, I mean, my pie in the sky dream is to have a sparkle in every single major city because mm-hmm. there are single moms everywhere that need help. And you know, the biggest issue is just having boots on the ground. And so we've built the machine and it's, it's almost kind of like a franchise, so to speak, because it's plug and play. Mm-hmm. Uh, as long as you've got the team on the ground that's got the network and can do the Facebook and, and fundraise in different areas um, that, you know, they need efforts, you know, we're able to, to duplicate efforts and we've done it uh, now for three times, which has been amazing. And hopefully we can grow more. If you're someone who is within these chapters or somewhere within California and you want to help the Sparkle Foundation, are there volunteering opportunities? Are there opportunities for people who maybe are outside California as far as like maybe donations? How, how can people get involved? Yes. Um, so our website's a great resource. It's sparklenow.org. And there you can learn, you could sign up and be involved with a lot of different things. Volunteering is one. Christmas and back to school are kind of our two big volunteer experiences. And by back to school, I mean, we just stuffed 3,500 backpacks this mm-hmm. last week. Um, and that's part of our enrichment arm. So we do the backpacks and the, the scholarships. And so that's a great community event that we just had going on in four different locations, serving four different major counties or more than that, four different major cities. So that's one thing. And then Christmas, historically pre-COVID, we would have a huge wrapping event in each of our areas. So Bay Area, we had like 300 plus people show up to wrap gifts because we have like 80 plus families that were wrapping gifts for me. It's like thousands of items. Mm -hmm. And so that's a really fun way that people get involved. Kids get involved. A lot of the work we do is with children because a lot of the schools require that they need volunteer hours. And then a lot of these kids, you know, have been around you know, and I've watched them grow up and now they're very involved in the organization. So I get a lot of calls all the time with, Hey, you know, what do you got going on or what could we do? And so there's, you know, there's always stuff to do. And I've always got like a nice roster of people. I know like, Hey, I need this driven down here. or I need you to go pick up this because one of the things about sparkle is we are a hundred percent in and a hundred percent out. None of us receive a paycheck. None of us receive any money for any work that we do. When you donate $100, $100 goes right back out into the communities that we serve. Mm-hmm. And that's something we're really proud of. You know, we don't have a rent. We don't have a lot of expenses at all. And those that we do have are board funded. Mm-hmm. And, and that's allowed us to be lean and mean and be able to really impact our communities and have, you know, that big, bold statement that we're 100% in and 100% out, which is something pretty cool. I definitely think that's like the scary part of donating for someone. Um, I know for me, like in the early stages of wanting to donate, wanting to give back, I was always like, wait, where are these, like, where's the money going? Especially when you're donating to like huge nonprofits or like big corporations, it's really difficult to kind of pinpoint exactly where is that money going? So I think it's great for nonprofits like Sparkle to come out and, you know, be very assertive with like hundred percent in hundred percent out. You can definitely rely on you guys. So I think that's great in itself. Um, and I think, you know, there's 
previous people that we have interviewed on the podcast. And I always say like, when you have a hundred percent volunteers, you know, these people are here for the right reasons. Like, you know, totally. that, that they just want to help. They want to do as good as they can um, to the community. So I think those are always the best people to turn to. So like, if anyone is listening and is like weary of donating at places, I think the first thing to look is like, look at the leadership, look at the people who are running the nonprofit. And I think right then and then you can kind of tell. (laughs) Well, that was why I started it to begin with. I mean, it wasn't because I, I needed another job. It was like, Hey, look, like I really want to just make sure like my dollars are going where they say they're going. Mm -hmm. And so, and I might get in trouble for saying this, but this is something as I've gotten into this whole nonprofit world, it's a very different world from business world, but there's two different types of nonprofits, right? There are organizations that their job or their service is providing services for others, which is needed and fantastic, but let's Mm -hmm. call it what it is, right? And then there's organizations like mine that are true nonprofit volunteer run, volunteer, like we're not here stuffing money in different places and padding salaries and having these exorbitant rent and, and we're not doing that. Like we're literally... All of us that are here are here because we're passionate about what we do and -hmm. we're passionate about helping women in our community. And I really feel firm about it. And that, you know, it drives me crazy sometimes when I I'm standing next to these organizations and I'm like, you know, we're, we're, we're doing good, which is again, important, but the way that you're marketing yourself is a little bit, it's not really what it it is because Mm -hmm. your, your business is helping people, which again is fantastic, but let's call it what it is. Because you're making $300,000 a year doing what you're doing. And I'm over here doing it for free. Right. (laughs) Which is fine. This is a total side note. But I was just talking to my dad about this the other day. We were at Rite Aid, I think. And they were like, do you want to donate a dollar to an organization or something? And my dad had said yes. And we had this conversation that I had previously heard that when you're donating through companies like that, yes, that money might be going towards the fundraiser or the organization that they say it is, but then that company turns it around and uses it as a tax break. So these companies are, they're profiting on it at the end of the day, like there's no way around it. And so those things, I think really just surprise me when like you want to do good, but it's the people who are running it that you just can't trust. It's an interesting conversation for sure. And I think when you're looking at organizations that or causes that you're firm in, whether it's mm-hmm. animals or children or education or sports or whatever it is, really look at that local level. Not to say that the big, big boys and girls, you know, the big organizations are not mm-hmm. worthy because they are, they have a purpose. But mm-hmm. I mean, if you're really looking to impact on a personal level, you know, look at your local communities and look mm-hmm. at what's out there and find the organizations that are, are doing the work that directly impacts your immediate world or what's important to you. Because there you can really, a lot of times see the results and the impact that your dollars make. And I feel like as a donor, you know, that's incredibly important because people, people do three things. They donate their time, their treasure, or their, their skills, right. Or their, mm-hmm. their mind. And however you're going to do that, you know, make sure that you're doing it in a way that really you can see the outcome because just throwing a dollar at Rite Aid, you don't know where that dollar is going. And think about your dollar times hundreds of thousands of people that are doing that same dollar every day. Mm -hmm. Where's it going? What's it doing? Right. Donate the dollar to your local food bank or something, you know, because then Mm -hmm. you can see that it's feeding someone or doing something great. Yeah. At PetSmart, they do that. And like me and so many people that I know just 
I love and adore animals. And I know that Chewy, if you like accidentally purchase something, you can, they'll have you go donate it to like a local rescue or somewhere instead of returning the item. So I feel like something like that is way easier for me to do. Cause I know I'm going, I'm physically dropping it off. I'm helping someone. Um, and I'm helping cause that is, you know, close to me. So that is definitely a huge conversation to have, but, and I know that you spoke a little bit about the backpack drive. And I think I saw on your guys' Instagram that you guys sponsored kids to go to grad night, which I thought was really cool. Yep. Tell us a little bit more about, you know, the network of resources and the enrichment programs offered um, to the people who are participating in Sparkle. Yeah. So the enrichment thing kind of just fell into place where we would get, we had started getting some asks about camps and dance and things like that. And then we started to kind of look into like, you know, I have little kids and I was like, God, you know, this is expensive. And how in the heck is a woman who's trying to feed her family, pay rent. And now, you know, Johnny wants to play baseball or, you know, basketball or swim and it's $800. And you're like, uh, you know, so we started doing some marketing and said, Hey, we've got the resources to do it. So let's go out there and see who, how we can help. So yeah, uh, swimming, basketball, softball, theater, tutoring, uh, grad night. You know, we've had so many great, we've sent um, some scholarships over to kids to get to go to DC, Washington DC trips. But yeah, I mean, we're open to anything that's going to be able to provide enrichment for these children that otherwise wouldn't be able to do it. And Mm -hmm. sports and community is so important and keeping these kids engaged. And if their mom can't afford it, it's not because she sucks at being a mom. It's because these things are crazy expensive and Mm -hmm. it shouldn't just be certain kids that get to participate because the parents can afford it um, or their moms can afford it. So it's really cool to be able to offer those scholarships and to see those kids. And they, sometimes they'll, they'll write us and say, Hey, you know what? Thank you for this opportunity. Or they'll send us a video of them dancing. Mm -hmm. Um, At some of our events, we've actually had some of our sparkle kids come up and perform, which has been really cool. And so it's, it's, it's neat. And I also feel as a founder and as somebody who's so firm on being transparent, it's important for our constituents to know who they're impacting and what their money's doing. Mm-hmm. So I'm like the first to like promote. I'm I'm showing like time-lapse videos of us stuffing backpacks and these kids up on the stage and you know the letters that we get and the families that write us back at Christmas. I mean, I'm all about letting people know, hey, this is what you're doing and thank mm-hmm. you. That's amazing. And I actually saw that time-lapse and I completely agree with what you're saying of like these enrichment programs really do so much for these kids playing sports, playing softball, my entire childhood, like that is probably one of the best memories that I have. And both my sister and I played and we both played travel. And like, I know that my parents were a middle-class family. They even struggled having to pay for all the trips, all it's the uniforms. It's so expensive. It's insane. Crazy. And yeah. And I worked in recreation for a really long time. And even that kind of watching parents spending so much money and spending like the last of their paychecks so their kids can go and go to a summer camp or play in recreation basketball or do something you know do something that's actually gonna like help these kids and I really think it's so unfortunate that these sports are so expensive and I think people would be surprised that a lot of these organizations don't have opportunities or 
like help for low income families, which I was always very surprised about, especially, you know, growing up in recreation and my dad was in recreation forever. And I think that in itself is very unfortunate because those programs are literally what helped keep me and my sister out of trouble and keeping us happy and, you know, healthy too. It's incredible. And on the flip side of it though, because we get a lot of travel requests for travel ball or travel Mm -hmm. cheer, whatever the case may be. And I mean, at times it can be 45 to $6,000 for the year. And that's not even including hotels and everything Mm -hmm. else. And so a lot of times we'll decline those. And Mm -hmm. the reason we'll decline those is because what happens next year, Mm -hmm. right? So you're going to have this wonderful, amazing experience. And then guess what? you can't do it next year because we're not, we are not set up to help again. And it's not part of the program. So what a lot of times we'll do, we'll decline it with a, but if you can raise X amount of dollars or Mm -hmm. you go out and fundraise, come back to us and tell us where you're needing the extra. And Mm -hmm. you know what? Nine out of 10 times we'll support that. So, you know, maybe it came to us for $4,500 scholarship. They were able to raise you know, 2000 of it themselves. And it it also Mm -hmm. shows these girls and young boys like, Hey, you know what, if you want something, you got to go out there and make it happen. Mm -hmm. And then we're able to kind of fill in the blank, um, which I think has been really cool and, you know, makes us feel great. And then, you know, next year, hopefully they can fundraise and get what they want done. But yeah, I mean, it's definitely, I mean, the first time I ever saw one of those come through, I was like, Holy moly, like this is crazy. (laughs) Right. And I think it's, hard because when you're a kid, you really don't realize it. Like you don't realize the financial impact that it has. And I think, you know, after my sister and I growing up, we were like, Whoa, like (laughs) I cannot imagine the amount of money that my parents had to spend just to keep us in softball. It's absolutely insane. I have a couple more questions. You know, what are ways to help children who I know that the mission of Sparkle is more so like children are kind of the victims of circumstances. What does the Sparkle Foundation offer to the kids to make sure that they continue to have that sparkle in their eye? Well, when we say victims of circumstances, you know, a child born, you know, into a a house and all of a sudden now the mom's on her own. And Mm -hmm. she's like, hey, I've been dealt a bad deck of cards or, hey, you know, things didn't work out with with the father or whatever the case may be. Or maybe, you know, like my grandmother's situation, like my grandfather just took off, like Mm -hmm. was like, I'm out of here. I'm going to go do a different family. And nobody's perceiving that in their like, you know, forecast. Um, And so when we say they're victims of circumstances, like these kids are born into situations that like they didn't ask for, nor would they have any control over. And so- Mm -hmm you know, by what we can do is help to provide the mom the resources to, you know, have a Christmas, send their kids to camp or play ball. And then most recently, what we've uh, just launched is Sparkle Biz, which are micro loans for single moms that want to start or grow businesses. Mm -hmm. And additionally, with the money, you get the mentorship of, you know, all the sparkle mavens, if you will, that are able to help you kind of get going. And again, we're here to help a situation. We're mm-hmm. here to not help a lifestyle. And so we're here to just kind of give you that little, imagine if you're on a train and the train falls off the tracks, mm-hmm. you got, we're here to put the train back on the tracks and get you going and, you know, get you, get you out of that situation as quickly as we possibly can with the, I mean, the resources, I mean, we're not talking $50,000 gifts here. We're talking Christmas for a family of four or, you know, a $10,000 loan to start your business, that kind of stuff. Is there, is there a particular success story that has really stuck with you and your team? 
You know, there's so many. There's, so, I mean, I've been doing this for 17 years, so it's crazy. So in the old days, I used to do it all by myself mm-hmm. and I would go wrap, sort, deliver and be involved with every single one. Well, as I started doing it over and over again, I would get really emotional because you're, you know, you're getting really attached to these families and you get to mm-hmm. know them. And then, then I'm now in their home and they're overwhelmed. And I'm like, I am not the beacon of, of strength in those moments. Like I'm in the corner crying my eyes out, just it's so emotional. So for a long time, I kind of set back from the actual deliveries, right? Because for me, I get so involved emotionally that when I actually am face to face with it, it's, it's an emotion I can't describe. And it's, it's, it's a lot because I know what we're doing for these families and these women. And it's an overwhelming emotion to feel that you have that much impact on someone Although it's very positive, it's just, it's an emotion I don't, I still don't know how to deal with. And I remember two stories very well. One, I was at the grocery store and I had my hat on, my sparkle hat on. And this woman comes up to me and she goes, I have to tell you something. And I was like, okay, hi. (laughs) And she goes, you know, my name is so-and-so and I want you to know, you have no idea the impact that you had on my family, what you did for me. And she's welling up with tears. And I'm like, you know, whoa, it's, it's just this, like, it's a tidal wave of emotion that hits you. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, and she was just so grateful and, and, and we just had this like three minute moment. And then it was like, it was over and it was like, oh, that was amazing. And then another one was a Christmas a couple years back. And this is like my favorite story of all I'm wrapping gifts. And this woman comes up to me at the event. And she goes, you're Samantha. And I said, yes, I am. And she puts her hand out and she goes, my name is, you know, I don't remember what her name was at the time. We'll call her, you know, Susie. My name's Susie. And I wanted you to know you changed my life. What you and your board have done has been amazing. And I'm now here to help change someone else's life. And so here Mm -hmm. she was wrapping gifts for another family because it was exactly what the, you know, what we do. And so so we helped her and now she's helping others. And that to me is like the greatest story of all, because that's the full circle of the impact to be able Mm -hmm. to gift and then come back and serve. It's pretty cool. So those are my two favorite stories, but there's always every year, there's just so many wonderful things that happen. And um, again, I I still battle with that emotion. I don't even know what it's called. It's just, it's, it's gnarly and it's a lot, it's a lot to take in. Yeah. I can't imagine what that feeling is like, or being in front of a family like that. I, honestly, I'm like a wreck when it comes to emotional things like that. And I, I just, I can't imagine. I love those stories though. I, I'm sure it has to be rewarding for you kind of seeing people come back and extending the same hand that kind of helped them. I think that's like, again, like full circle, like that's, that's amazing. Yeah. It's the best. It's the best feeling of all time. So are there other events throughout the year other than the backpack drive and the holiday gift drive? So those are two major outreach events. We Mm -hmm. historically have always had Night to Sparkle, which is our big fundraiser or event, so to speak. And we did it for five years. And then obviously COVID has killed events for I don't mm-hmm. know, ever. <laughs> so basically what that was about was about supporting women in business. Cause that's another huge part. I mean, we're all about mm-hmm. supporting women. And so when we started thinking about fundraising and I mean, as a nonprofit, that's like the worst part of the job, right? It sucks. Everybody hates it. But I was like, how do we be different? Like, I don't want to do the normal sit down dinner gala event. I want to have an event where we're able to support women in business, but also raise money for the foundation. And so the Night to Sparkle was born and it was about, bringing in women that had a brick and mortar or had a product or service that they created Mm -hmm. and setting up a boutique shop, pop-up shop 
And the last one we had, we had like 300 people there and we had, wow. I believe like 50 vendors or something insane. And these mm-hmm. women make a ton of money and we don't take a profit of what they make. And it's a great day to support community, you know, shop with the women vendors. They all got to be female. That's the other mm-hmm. bit. And then we have each one of those storefronts usually will donate an item and we create these great gift baskets. And that's how we make money to support, you know, our enrichment arm is pretty much how we fund that. So that's, you know, another big one we do, but then, you know, the COVID has been kind of interesting because the amount of brain damage that goes into these events on a board level, it's like, it literally sucks the life out of you. Mm -hmm. And we now have found like we can fundraise in other ways and be able to impact and not kill ourselves. And so mm-hmm. I don't know, moving forward, you know, part of me is like, yes, let's do a night to sparkle. And another part of me is like, is there a better way to do it? I don't know. We're, we're still working on a lot of details, but right now we've got just the backpacks and the holiday gift drive. And then hopefully we'll also throw in some sparkle biz, you know, type of business mixer, mm-hmm. something mentoring events in the next, I would say probably 12 to 18 months. I don't know yet though. Mm-hmm. So I'm very interested in the holiday gift drive. My family, I think maybe three or four years ago, we started donating gifts every year for Christmas. And that honestly, going shopping for those gifts are probably like the most fun that I have out of buying for anyone else. And so if I, I like I'm in San Diego, can I send you guys physical gifts or is it better to just donate? And if you're in within those chapters, how can people reach out to you guys to come and help and volunteer? Great question. So um, at this time, we don't have a San Diego chapter, but hey, you know what, Rachel, it might be for you. (laughs) How it works is in October, we're going to start the nominations will open. And so people can nominate families. And then we usually close that at the end of October. And by the 15th of November, the board has selected the families, spoken with the families. We, what we used to do is we used to have the wish list, So Mm -hmm. people could send the gifts and then we would get the gifts sort them in the correct family, and then we'd wrap them and set them all up for, you know, delivery. What COVID has taught us is there were so many touch points of like getting the gifts and then making the wish list and all these things. What we ended up finding as a board for us with the volume that we were doing, mm-hmm. donations were a lot easier because then we could just literally take that money and go, okay, I need 50 bikes. Okay. I need 50, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. instead of getting all the gifts, because in the old days, they used to just come into my home. Mm-hmm. And I think up until like two years ago, I mean, I was managing like 60 boxes of families and just stuff everywhere. And my, wow. my family, my family was like, uh, Samantha, <laughs> we've had enough. So yeah. So donations are fantastic because it allows us to really serve directly. And because the board, then what we did is we broke it all up. And mm-hmm. so each one of us will take on 10 families and we will be responsible to buy those gifts get those gifts and then figure out how to get them wrapped and get them delivered. And mm-hmm. so that's kind of what we did for COVID. This year, we have secured the space again to do a big group wrap mm-hmm. uh, here in the Bay Area and in some of our other locations. I just don't know with COVID what that's right. like. I mean, a part of me really, I, I mean, that's such a community event, an amazing event because um, we've got, you know, families and law enforcement there and, you know, everybody's there doing this great work. But I just don't know with COVID what events at that level are going to be looking like, especially in December. But we will, regardless of COVID, we will do the event um, mm-hmm. because it's important to, in times like this, more than ever, it's important to do the gift drive. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, hopefully you guys will be able to do that because that sounds like a lot of fun and I would love to go and I 
am needing a trip to the bay because I used to live there and kind of miss it. <laughs> I think River the uh, Rancho, where is it? Rancho Cucamonga is mm -hmm. where our other closest one to you probably is. Or we yeah. have LA too. Yeah, no, either of them. I'm happy to come and help. And I think lastly, is there anything that you would like to say to single mothers who might be listening or those who are close with single mothers? Yeah. I mean, we see you, we hear you, we're here for you, ladies. We know that that is the hardest working, you know, group of gals out there. Um, we know you're a completely underserved community and Sparkle's here to, to do that. We're here to help you. And, you know, a lot of women, I think are now in this place of redefining who they are. I think the COVID, you know, vacay of, of staying home and really digging deep has been really inspiring for a lot of us. And so, you know, one of the things I say is if you're thinking about starting a business or maybe you've got a business that needs some, some capital, you know, our Sparkle Biz program is something we spent three years building and I'm very passionate about it. And we've actually just loaned out our first loan and what they are are interest-free loans. So it's capital with mentorship and the money's due back to us, you know, within 18 to 36 months of receipt with no interest. It's basically free money that you just have to give it back. Mm -hmm. And then we can then loan it out to another single mom who's starting mm -hmm. her business. And you get this great mentorship um, by, you know, women like myself that have been in business for years that maybe, you know, I think back to like when I started my business and if I could have someone to hold my hand or say, mm -hmm. hey girl, like do this, don't do that. Or walk this way, turn right and go straight down the hall versus me trying to figure it all out on my own. And so that's really the program that we've built. And so that is something for single moms we're super excited about. But, you know, we know you're working hard and we know that, you need help sometimes. And that's what the Sparkle Foundation's here to do. And we're a group of women that serve other women. And that's, you know, our major like underlying statement is like, there's no strings attached. We're just here to help. I definitely love everything that you just said. And I think one big thing is don't be afraid to ask for help. Even if it's asking a friend for help or someone that you trust, I think, you know, these group of women at the Sparkle Foundation can definitely be trusted and, you know, they're here to help you. So everything that you guys are doing is so amazing. And thank you so much for coming on and talking about the Sparkle Foundation. I appreciate everything that you guys are doing. And if you guys decide to start a chapter in San Diego, please keep me in mind. I'm happy to do that. And everyone that's involved with girl.gov would be happy to do it too. Awesome. No, you're doing great stuff too. And I think anything we can do to support women and, you know, whether you're single or married or whatever, I mean, I think women in general, like it's our job to, to lift each other and support each other in any way we possibly can. And so my little, my little part in this world is, you know, serving women and I've dedicated my life to it. And I just feel like it feels good to have purpose and it feels good mm -hmm. to do good. And it feels good to help others to do good and mm -hmm. to know that you're, you know, living a life. I always say being a part of something that's bigger than yourself, because mm -hmm. at the end of the day, like once you get away from yourself and you realize like you can help other people. I mean, that is the greatest gift of all. I completely agree. Thank you so much again for coming on. You're amazing. Cool. All right. Thank you. No problem, Susan. Bye.